Are you a true crime advocate? Are you passionate about uncovering the truth and bringing justice to victims? Do you love the paranormal and spooky tales? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you won't want to miss the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival in Austin, Texas, this August from the 25th to the 27th. This festival features panel discussions, workshops, and live podcasts focusing on ethics and advocacy in the true crime sphere. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and join us in Austin for an unforgettable experience. Welcome back to another episode of, I was gonna fucking say Lady or Scared because I was already thinking of their name. We don't host that podcast. That's Welcome not us. back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer. I guess featuring Lady or Scared Us, kind yeah. of, because we're doing the collab today. Love it. This is the Mental Breakdown, and my name is Kenna. I'm Kowal. And we're super fucking excited for all of this. I cannot wait. I've been thinking about this, like, all day. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to them, too. Of course. No, I'm super I'm, excited. There's... Also, a part of me that, like, as soon as it releases, like, I want to stay up until midnight, like, the day that it releases, so that I can, like, listen to it immediately when it comes out, but I I'll love just, that. Uh, I'll get some sleep. <laughs> I love that, because I, I usually do that. I'm usually up, so I'm like, oh, a new episode dropping. Gonna yeah. Listen when we to drop us. our episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we listen to ourselves. I don't know if you saw my post on Instagram the other day that I was out with Trish, and I was like, would it be selfish of me to listen to the episode? She's like, it's either going to be you talking or you talking, yeah. so I don't really care. <laughs> either way, you're going to be talking, like, if we listen to it or not. <laughs> Speaking of um, friends and homies at the bar, we have Stymax that has become a $20 patron pledge, and he yes. is in the Diagnosers shout tier. Out. So shout out to Stymaximus. Thank you for your contribution to the Patreon, and I hope that you're very excited for the bonus episode that's coming out on the 29th. The pressure. The pressure. The pressure. But yeah, so we have that still in the works, guys. We're going to have a bonus episode for those of you that this is your first time hearing it for our second and third tier patrons. That is going to be one extra bonus episode a month, and then of course every other episode will be early and ad-free for all tiers of the Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. <laughs> I feel like that word just doesn't make sense to me. So, really? Yeah. Patreon. I Patreon. like when you call them pa- patrons. Patron. That's what they're called, right? Pa- patrons. Oh, they're patrons. Yeah, but you say you say patrons all the time, anyways. That's just part of your vocabulary. Like when you say like your your patronage, you yeah. always say that. Or like an like, English person. I'm a patron at the bar. I thought that's yeah. how it was pronounced. No. Well, it can be if you're British. I'm, <laughs> I'm just turning like... British. <laughs> I like I to. Write my realize with an S-E, which is, like, the way that you would write it in English. That's how I write it, isn't it? It's Z-E, realize? but oh. realize, yeah. When I was taking my notes for Catherine Knight, I found myself, like, putting an extra U and shit. Like, you know, the way like they Like, color. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before we get started, just want to remind you guys about our social media. We are at Diagnosing a Killer, any platform except for Twitter, which is at Killer Diagnosis. Definitely keep sending us some DMs and some emails. We really like to hear from you guys. Don't forget to check out diagnosingakiller.com, and we have all of our links on there, including our link tree, our Instagram, our Twitter, our email, all that good stuff. All the good stuff. And we just dropped new merch, merch and merch. I'm really excited. The eyeballs 
with the smile yes. is my fucking favorite thing it's right now. It's so cool. I'm obsessed with it. Me guys, too. I made a design for the merch and it's literally a pair of eyeballs and it says diagnosedhealkiller.com in like the form of like a mouth. So it looks like a creepy smiley face. <laughs> Put it on a pillow and buy it because I'm going to. It looks really cool on a pillow. Yeah, it does. And lastly, before we get started, I just want to publicly announce and share a huge congratulations to my friends, John and Amy Cross, that got married this weekend. And I was super, super excited to see them, super glad to have been a part of that amazing ceremony. Me and Casey had the privilege of being able to attend, and I got to see a couple people from high school, which was really cool. And they were all asking about my podcast. So hello, if y'all are listening, thank you for (laughs) shouting out my podcast. And some people have heard about it now. And mm-hmm. they didn't know about it before, so yeah. I was able to kind of talk about that as well. That's fine. But That's yeah, exciting. congrats to the crosses, and we're going to get into this episode. Yay. So, like we said, we are doing this collab episode with Lady You're Scaring Us. That is Hillary, Taylor, and Morgan. Hillary and Taylor are, like, both super true crime junkies, and Morgan is, like, past. Like, I don't care about any of that. <laughs> the first episode that they did was John Bonet Ramsey, because Morgan didn't <gasps> even know who she was. <laughs> so, if that gives you any idea about the podcast, but they're, I mean, they're all very intelligent like you were saying last episode they're all very witty and charismatic yeah Yeah. exactly taylor it was funny because you were listening to them the other day and i came in the kitchen and i thought it was our podcast because i think that taylor sounds like me yeah y'all do y'all sound very similar yeah and then hillary was texting me the other day and she's like oh my god i had taylor listen to y'all's episodes and she said that you sound like her and i was like no (laughs) she sounds like me i'm older (laughs) i'm just kidding but yeah, so I don't even know if I'm older, actually. I'm not sure how old Taylor is. I think she's about my age. Yeah. But yeah, so go ahead and give them a listen. And then I don't know if you're listening to this episode before or after them. So if you are from their podcast and you're listening to us, hello. And Hi. thank you for being here. Welcome. So just as a recap, Lady You're Scaring Us is doing an episode on the Trump family. Some sort of shared psychosis was going on with them, and Mm. they had asked us to do a mental breakdown to explain that shared psychosis. Mm. So we're going to get right into that. So the phenomena or... (laughs) 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 Koala and I just went through like 15 minutes of trying to figure out if phenomenon or phenomena is the singular term. So I'm just going to pretend like I know it, and I'm just going (laughs) to say it under my breath. This phenomenon or syndrome that we're going to be talking <laughs> yes, about. Yes, phenomenon. Yes. It's called folie a deux. Folie a deux? Folie a deux. So it's, folie a deux. A folie. it's French. It sounds and French. And any of our French listeners, I sincerely apologize for the next 30 minutes of me mispronouncing a bunch of words. <laughs> so, <laughs> folie a deux is a collection of rare psychiatric syndromes in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one person to another. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, which is why I'm super excited to hear this case. Wow. <laughs> so this is additionally referred to as, quote, folly of two, or, okay. quote, madness shared by two, in English. <laughs> Other nicknames for this disorder include delusional disorder or shared psychotic disorder. Hmm. So those are the DSM-5 definitions. Oh, okay. Or names. The same syndrome that is shared by more than two people may be called folly a trois, or quatre, which is three or four, of yeah. course. Further, it can be referred to as folly in famille, which translates to family madness, or even folly a plusures, <laughs> or madness of several, so kind of like plural. Okay. Again, butchering these fucking French words. I'm sorry. I love you guys, though. I've never been part of a finale à toi. <laughs> this disorder was first conceptualized in the 19th century. It was actually described as folly communique, communique, 
Communique. In 1860 by Jules Vialger. <laughs> I don't want to say his name. You're doing I'm sorry. great. You're doing this great. was a French uh, neurologist and psychiatrist. He studied medicine at the University of Paris, and while he was a student, he worked as an intern at the Charenton Mental Institution. He was actually the first physician to discover that the cerebral cortex was divided into six layers of mm. alternate gray and white matter. Interesting. Yeah. In the field of psychiatry, Bollier did research on the involuntary nature of hallucinations and the dynamics of the stage between sleep and wakefulness, Ooh. which fucking this morning, I just, I had to wait too much to drink at the wedding. And so this morning I literally couldn't sleep for like five hours from like seven to noon. Mm -hmm. And I was in that like middle sleep where I thought I was like getting up and getting ready and like getting my bags packed and stuff. And I was like so thirsty I had a dream that I drank, like, two whole bottles of water that I found on the floor, and then yeah. I woke up to no water, and I was so sad. <laughs> that happened to me the other day. Uh, mom and dad took a flight to California the other day, and I, same thing, was, I didn't sleep well, and I was right in between that, it was, like, between seven and nine, because I knew I had to wake up at nine, and I remember, it was a dreamlike state, but I was in my bed, and I could hear mom outside my window going, oh, she's gonna be so pissed, there's the, the... Rogue has a flat tire now, too. And my car had had a flat tire the day before. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, they're going to abandon me here with no working vehicle. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, shit. And uh, th then I had gotten up, and I was helping them to the car and everything. And then when I woke up... I hate that. I was essentially repeating the exact same thing. It was it so strange. It makes me so mad. And, like, I hate that I don't get a deep sleep when that, that happens because my I can feel my eyes, like, fluttering and mm -hmm. stuff, but I can't wake up. Yeah. So yeah, he studied that stage between sleep and wakefulness. In 1854, Bollier provided a description of a psych psychiatric disorder involving both depressive and manic episodes in the same individual. This was before the coined term bipolar disorder. Hmm. So he kind of was studying bipolar disorder without knowing what he was studying. Yeah. He did refer to this as folie et double form or dual form insanity. Unbeknownst to him at the time, another psychiatrist by the name of Jean-Pierre Falleray had described almost the exact same condition with slight differences in an article prior to this naming. He referred to his discovered disorder as Falleray circulari, or circular madness. Hmm. Again, these words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, Farley would be the same psychiatrist that would coin the term of folie adieu in 1877, hmm. along with another doctor by the name of Charles Lassegui. Hit the hand. Hit the hand. This is an Italian thing. It's not even a French thing. I know. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> because of this dual naming situation, the disorder is also commonly referred to as La Segue Falere Syndrome. <laughs> Why do I do the hand? <laughs> I'm doing the hand when I say La Segue. Because <laughs> we were talking about it and it's it's spelled like like L.A. Segway. Segway. <laughs> I don't want to say La Segue. La Segue. <laughs> I sound like La Southern Segway. as fuck. <laughs> so this disorder, folie adieu, is not in the current 5th edition of the DSM due to the fact that the APA considers the criterion to be insufficient or inadequate. Oh, okay. I was wondering if it was going to be one of those cultural uh, anomaly ones, like in the back with the other disorders. Oh, I see. Um, no, because I don't think it was ever, like, I mean, maybe it might be. Like, you know what? I don't want to like, say no, because I didn't look. Like uh, Kung Fu Gisisa. Kung Fu Jizia. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kufung Gisisa. Kufung Gisisa. Yeah. But it is, like, a subcategory of different disorders, and I'll yeah. explain that in a second. Okay. 
Specifically, the DSM-5 does not consider folly ado to be a separate disorder, and therefore it should be diagnosed as delusional disorder or in the, quote, other specified schizophrenia spectrum and other psychotic disorder categories. Mm-hmm. So one of the two, depending on their symptoms. Although it's not a specified disorder, there are some signs and symptoms that are paired with the syndrome. It is most commonly diagnosed when the two or more individuals of concern live in close proximity, may be socially or physically isolated, and have little interaction with other people. The DSM-5 states that a person cannot be diagnosed delusional if the belief in question is one, quote, ordinarily accepted by other members of this person's culture or subculture. Oh. So. That makes sense. Yeah, because then they could literally classify you as delusional for believing in God, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people do. So, you know, it's not, it's one of those things. Y'all are all crazy. (laughs) It's not very clear at what point a belief is considered to be delusional due to all of the varying factors of beliefs. When a large number of people may come to believe obviously false things based purely on a rumor, these beliefs are not considered to be delusional and are instead labeled as mass hysteria. Oh. Interesting, right? My nail just came off. Uh Uh-oh. I, like, ripped my nail while I was talking off my finger. (laughs) My fake nail, not my real nail. I'm not, like, bleeding out. Take your face off. As with most psychological disorders, the symptoms can vary in seriousness and specifics, but usually the, quote, non-dominant person's symptoms mimic the, quote, inducer. In this case, the inducer is being the person who presented symptoms first. Okay. And then the non-dominant person is the one that would have the symptoms passed along to them. It's like independent, dependent variables, right? Exactly. Prior to interventions, the inducer usually does not know that they are affecting anybody or causing harm but instead they believe that they are helping the person to become aware of vital or notable information. Hmm. You already know that craft beers have been exploding in popularity over the past decade, but what you might not know is that there are thousands of awesome craft beers being produced by these new microbreweries regularly. With Craft Beer Club, each order will showcase two breweries from different regions in the U.S. and includes four beer styles with a brand new box each shipment. You'll also receive publications that detail the history about the featured breweries, tasting notes, pairing options, and maybe even a little trivia. Click on our link in the show notes below and get free shipping, along with up to three free gifts with your first purchase. Order Craft Beer Club today. There are two subclassifications of this syndrome that describe how the delusion comes to be known by the affected people. The first one is called Fale in Posse. Mm. This is where the dominant person, or the inducer, initially forms a delusional belief during a psychotic episode and passes it on to another person, or the acceptor, with the assumption that the secondary person might not have become aware if left to their own devices. So they believe that they're educating this person. Yes, exactly. If the persons are admitted to psychiatric care separately, the delusions in the first person will most likely resolve without the need for medication. So that's the first classification. The secondary classification is called folly simultane, in which two people considered to independently experience psychosis influence the content of others' delusions so they become similar. Like, like, uh, doe and tea? Yes. So they're both experiencing their own delusions and they're influencing each other. It's mm-hmm. not what one caused the other's delusions. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. When it comes to folly ado, there are multiple types of delusions that one can experience and pass on to another. Delusions are defined as fixed beliefs that do not change even when a person is presented with conflicting evidence. These types of delusions include bizarre, which include those that are clearly implausible and not understood by peers within the same culture, 
even those with psychological disorders. Mm-hmm. One person's psychological delusion and another person, like, two different people could have them and they would still think the other's is bizarre. Okay. Or, like, or like not believable, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure, I see that. For example, if someone thought their brain had been removed and taken for science experiments, it would be impossible for them to be alive, but they would still believe the delusion. So, bizarre. Mm-hmm. The second type of delusion is non-bizarre. These are common among those with personality disorders and are usually understood by peers in the same culture. For example, if someone in the FBI was following you in an unmarked car, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Not very likely, but it's yeah. believable. Right? Yeah. The two other are mood congruent and mood neutral. So mood congruent delusions correspond to a person's emotions during a time of mania or depression. For example, thinking someone thinking that they got like a bigger paycheck than they actually received. Mm-hmm. Delusion. Mood. <laughs> well, it's... You're delusional. You only yeah. work two days this week. Exactly. <laughs> mood neutral delusions are unaffected by one's mood and can be bizarre or non-bizarre. So this would be like if someone thought their body got switched with someone else's and their belief would be con- persistent regardless of the emotion that they're feeling at the time. Hmm. Shared delusional disorder can negatively affect the psychological and social well-being of a person. This disorder can cause a lot of unresolved stress, leading to an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, and others. And these actually increase with the severity of the disease. Hmm. So if this disorder goes left untreated, it can be really detrimental. Among the physical complications that can arise with this disorder, people with shared delusional disorder can experience social isolation as well, which is, of course, detrimental to one's psychological health. This is especially dangerous when people with this disorder, as it can cause the delusions to remain bad or get worse with time, because no one's there to tell them that their beliefs are incorrect. Yeah. People with delusional disorder have a significantly high risk of also developing comorbidities such as anxiety and depression. This may be because of a genetic pattern that is shared by remarkably 55% of all shared delusional disorder patients. Wow. That's That's so interesting, right? So it seems like the genetic pattern is kind of the, I don't want to say problem. No, it's a precursor. Exactly, yeah. The cause of shared delusional disorder is unknown, but the two main contributors seem to be stress and social isolation. People who are socially isolated together tend to become more dependent on those who they are with, leading to influence on others around them. Additionally, people with shared delusional disorder do not necessarily have others around them to remind them that their delusions are impossible or unlikely, causing the perfect storm for relapse, unfortunately. What is the, and you might have it in there later, but what is, what's the correlation between, like, a parent and a child relationship? Like, because if you're just fed that, you believe that, right? I mean, as a uh, as a child... Unless you're named Kyle. Unless you're named Kyle. <laughs> hey, Kyle. It's as if you're, like, a parent would tell a child, the sky is green, the sky is green, the sky is green. Especially when yeah. they're isolated together, right? That's, well, that's not necessarily something that I found in the research. I didn't really find a lot of parent influence on chi- on children. It's usually when, like, an adult is trying to influence another adult. Right. So I'm not sure because I really didn't come up in my research. Right. But that'd be interesting to look up. So, while there is no exact cause of this disorder, the contributing factors seem to be, again, stress and isolation. Lastly, diagnosis of this syndrome is very hard to figure. Usually, a person who is experiencing symptoms does not seek out treatment with the fear of being judged or not believed, or they don't even realize that they need treatment because they're isolated from others that are not experiencing the disorder. Right, like a schizophrenia spectrum disorder or Exactly. Shared delusional disorder is diagnosed using the DSM-5 delusional category, and according to this, the patient must meet three criterion. 
Number one, they must have a delusion that develops in the context of a close relationship with an individual and an already established delusion. Number two, the delusion must be very similar or even identical to the one already established, the one that the primary case has. And number three, the delusion cannot be better explained by any other psychological disorder, mood disorder with psychological features, a direct result of psychological effect of substance abuse, or any general medical condition. This was super interesting, and you're going to be like, what? Because I was like, what? Folly ado is most commonly found in women with slightly above average IQs who are isolated from their family and who are in relationships with a dominant person that has delusions. What does that sound like? Perhaps a cult? Yeah. All of the cults? Yeah. Charlie Manson's followers? Doe's followers? Heaven's yeah. Gate? Doe and T? Yeah. It's these Wake, women Waco? that have... They, yeah. Exactly. They have an above average IQ, which means they are very bright, of course, yes. but... Again, we talked about this in the episode that we did about Marshall Applegate. Is there Applewhite? Applewhite, yeah. <laughs> Applegate. Applegate. <laughs> well, I mean, Applegate. Yeah. Um, is that these people are told that they're making the choices for themselves and they feel like they have the control when they yeah. really don't. They're being fed these delusions and then being told, but it's it's your choice. You can do this. You can do that or right. whatever. And I and I'm not trying to speak for everybody, you know, that considers himself to be highly intelligent. But there is a sense of like uh, egocentricism yeah. there, and so it's like, oh, like I am in control, I am in power, and I deserve these really great things. Mm-hmm. And it makes and somebody's telling me everything I want to hear, you know. So that's interesting. Yeah. But also with the people that are experiencing delusional disorder or any kind of psychosis, if especially because if they are more intelligent on the IQ level, they're mm-hmm. gonna believe what they think because they're very bright. You right. Know? Why wouldn't people believe me? Like, I am very smart. You yeah, know? and I can, you know, I speak well for myself and all this sort of stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And honestly, like, that's one of the most unpredictable things, in my opinion, because it's very, like, people like that don't think that they are, they can be manipulated. Yeah. So it's really like a brainwashing kind of thing, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the cult, you know? It's just... Well, especially when you're isolated with that individual as well, you know, or yeah. a group of like-minded individuals. Yeah. Exactly. So the majority of secondary cases, this is people who have developed the shared delusion, have also met the criteria for dependent personality disorder. Ooh, I can see sense. that. Yeah. yeah, because you're depending on this person. Mm-hmm. You don't want to leave, so you're going to believe everything they say right. in order to save face and not argue. Right. right. And then however many people left and then came back, you know, because they couldn't find anything else like it. Exactly. You know, they're kind of dependent on the, the group. Yeah, absolutely. Additionally, 55% of secondary cases had a relative with a psychological disorder that included delusions. Hmm. Interesting. You don't say. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. I learned a lot when I was reading, doing this research, and this is definitely... I knew somewhat about folly ado, but I didn't know this much, and that's really makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. with the uh, dependent personality disorder. Mm-hmm. After a person has been diagnosed, they are usually separated from the inducer to see if the delusion go, goes away or lessens over time. Hmm. If this does not stop the delusions, the person is then either referred to medication or to therapy. Antipsychotic drugs are among the medications that would be prescribed for someone diagnosed with this disorder. And for someone that is referred to for therapy, it would be personal or even family therapy that would work to help lessen the symptoms. And lastly, all I just want to say is that there's many cases of this syndrome happening. Mm -hmm. They're listed online. I didn't want to list them out here because I want it to be specific to the Trump family. Yeah. <laughs> but you can uh, look it up online. There's a bunch of different situations about this happening. The Trump family is one of the most infamous cases of it. And I didn't, again, go into detail with this, with my research, because I want it to be a surprise. But for the 
finale, go to Lady of Scaranos and yes. listen to their episode because then you'll get the deep dive into exactly what happens when this does ha- occur in, in a family setting. Yeah. And you were talking about a parent-child relationship. That's exactly what's happening in the yeah, Trump family. I, yeah, I'm excited to hear what they're going to tackle because that's, that's definitely interesting. I would just think that parent to parent, right, maybe, like you said, two people can come together and have this psychosis uh, or episode together and the delusion grows. But I'm really interested to see, you know, what they tackle as far as like the the manipulation of the kids yeah. potentially, you know. Yeah. Uh, again, I know nothing about it. I just Trump family, you know. Yeah. That's Trump, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. Trump, Trump, Trump family. <laughs> We're not talking about anybody. We're particular. not talking about no Cheetos. <laughs> fucking it's probably happening there too, y'all. Let's oh, be honest. Man, let's be let's be real. <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, yeah, that was my mental breakdown, and I hope that it gave you guys a little bit more clarity if y'all are listening to us after Lady You're Scaring Us mm-hmm. about what the disorder really means as far as prevalence and you know signs and symptoms and all that good stuff. Yeah, and a lot of people don't really think that this is a true syndrome they just think Mm -hmm. it's kind of bs and they think that it doesn't really happen people just use it kind of like as an excuse yeah but it does make sense with the delusional disorder because you wouldn't even know that (laughs) you were being manipulated if you had that disorder because it unfortunately you know skews your your mental health and your psyche i found the uh dependent personality disorder kind of comorbidity that that that's kind of interesting for sure it it makes sense like it really does again you don't want to you know you want to save face with this person. You don't want to rock the boat. So you're just going to go along with what they say, even yeah. if what they say is bizarre, yeah, you know? For sure. But yeah, thank you guys for joining us for another Mental Breaky. Yeah. And go ahead and check out DiagnosingAKiller.com. Yes. Check out our merch. Yes. If you have any suggestions, please let us know. Go listen to Lady You're Scaring Us if you haven't already listened to their episode so you mm-hmm. can get the remainder of the Trump family story. Yes. And I look forward to listening to it myself. For sure. Make sure you check out your Patreon tiers. Make sure you are all set and ready to go with our tier two and tier three. That way you guys get the newest, freshest, most exclusiviest <laughs> episode on our Patreon coming out on the 29th. Yeah, absolutely. And just lastly, I just want to say thank you to Hillary, Taylor, and Morgan for doing this collab with us. You guys have been so awesome so far, especially on social media. I've been seeing my or our logo like yes. everywhere. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, thank you guys for continuing to, to boost the collab. And I hope you guys had a lot as much fun as we did doing this collab with you guys. And we look forward to doing maybe something else in the future. Yes. And look forward to an upcoming DAK Live that's going to be happening pretty soon. We're going to record that in a couple of days. And I'm really excited. So excited. If you have any guesses, we're going to give you one more hint. This guy is from South Texas, more south than us. <laughs> I'll give you another hint to see if that... We already said he's from a different city, but it's south... It's still in Texas, though. It is. All right. We will talk to you guys later. Yeah. (laughs) Love Love you. you. Bye. Bye. Looking to expand your wine knowledge or just indulge in your favorites? Gold Medal Wine Club is what you're looking for. Enjoy small production, award-winning wines from authentic family-owned wineries delivered right to your door. Unlike other Wine of the Month clubs, Gold Medal Wine Club never features private labels or bulk wines. Instead, every shipment is from a unique, family-owned winery, each with a personalized story to tell. Take advantage of multiple different style offers when using the link in our show notes, and take home the gold today.